Hello, welcome to the Economic and Market Watch podcast for the week of September 4th, 2023. This is John Suter of CFC. Here is a topic today that you may initially find not very interesting until you listen and see how it might affect your cooperative. In fact, I think every business in America might want to think about this one when deciding when and how their company is going to finance capital expenditure growth over the next five years. It has to do with the federal government and their ever-expanding budget deficits. Yes, I know we have all heard the debate time and time again about how our federal government spends more than it takes in, but it is different this time around. Unprecedented crisis deficits are now projected to be the norm, and the outlook is making investors uneasy. As you may be aware, the yield on the 10-year Treasury just recently climbed above 4%, opening up this morning on September 1st at 4.18% and reaching a yearly high of 4.34% on August 21st. Investors worry that sustained fiscal shortfalls on the scale projected by the Congressional Budget Office could push rates higher still, which only puts more pressure on public finances by adding to the government's ballooning interest bills. Let's face it. Fitch Investor Services did not downgrade the sovereign U.S. government rating on a whim. So why the concern this time around? What has changed is that fiscal policy, i.e. government spending, is being used as a tool to prolong expansions and keep the economy humming. During the 1980s and the 1990s, there was more of a focus on the long-term picture and making sure our fiscal house was in order. Back then, politicians let the Fed take responsibility for the business cycle. For example, one consequence of the slow and grinding recovery that followed in 2008 financial crisis is that U.S. politicians learned there's a political cost to delegating economic management to the Federal Reserve, which is our central bank. Former President Trump boasted that his tax cuts accelerated growth, while President Biden is trumpeting America's high-speed rebound from the COVID-19 slump and now getting a second win thanks to the incentives in the Inflation Reduction Act and the CHIPS legislation. However, both presidents duck complaints that such policies would pave the way for bigger deficits or feed into inflation. This year's surge in the deficit, which more than doubled to $1.6 trillion in the 10 months through July, looks like what happens when the government goes into recession-fighting mode. Except right now, the economy is growing at a decent clip, so far confounding many economists who had originally predicted a downturn this year. The upshot of all this is that many economists are invoking the concept of crowding out, a term that I'm sure that you've heard before. A surge in public borrowing increases the competition for funds, making it more expensive for business and households to borrow, thereby crimping private investment and consumption. The rural electric industry is a very capital-intensive industry that normally follows a match-funding borrowing strategy. Long-term assets are financed with long-term debt. Furthermore, the Treasury yield is the starting point for calculating all fixed-rate loans. It normally ranges between 40 and 50% of the all-in borrowing costs. The key point to make here is that because of the larger government deficits being incurred and forecasted to continue, term Treasury yields are expected to remain elevated for the near future, which is going to make fixed-rate borrowing more expensive. Yes, there could be periods of economic unrest when Treasury yields come down, but those opportunities are fleeting and very hard to predict. I think the safer assumption is to build some buffer into your financial forecasts because term treasury yields may prove to be sticky to the upside for the next several years because of these booming government deficits. That's it for today. Thank you for listening.